Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. Welcome into College Football Live. I am Kelsey Riggs, and we are coming out the tunnel today with this. A top 10 showdown in South Bend as Notre Dame looks for revenge against the Buckeyes. After losing to them last year in week one, we break down the biggest keys to the game. Plus, that is just one of six ranked matchups you're going to get this weekend. Three of them are in the Pac-12. Can Coach Prime and company pull off another upset this year as 21-point underdogs? And speaking of underdogs, it's Wednesday, so it's time to get in the know with Joe, Joe Fortenball with us to break down the best bets. And are we going to hear this from him again? I must be a glutton for punishment because I'm going to bet against Colorado again this week. Add that to the list of the receipts for the Colorado team. Kelsey Riggs, Tom Luganville, Sam Acho with me. And guys, let's jump right out the gate with the biggest game in college football this weekend. Game day headed there. It is a top 10 matchup in South Bend as number nine Notre Dame welcomes in number six Ohio State. Just the eighth ever meeting between these two programs. And Ohio State has dominated. Take a look at this. The Buckeyes lead the series 5-2. They've won the last five straight meetings by double digits. That includes the season opener last year where Ohio State took down that Irish 21-10. But plenty has changed since then. Here's both head coaches, starting with Marcus Freeman. And what's different for this group? Experience, right? You have a year under your belt. Um, it's not the first game of the year. Um, you know, you, you, you've been able to develop an identity as a, a program um, with these first four games. And so um, it, it's a lot different than, than what it was last year being the first game of, you know, that season for me um, and, and the first game of the year. You know, we, we got some confidence going into this game. Um, we got a rhythm. So, you know, we got to have a great week of practice. But you know, it's going to come down to, you know, winning the line of scrimmage for sure. It's going to come down to the fourth quarter and, you know, who's going to be there in the end. We got to go win a top 10 game on the road and our guys are, are really excited for this game. I'm sure Kyle McCord is excited. It's going to be his first real challenge as the quarterback, I think, in this offense. Lukes, I want to start with you because although the, the opponents that they played haven't been to the same caliber, what did you see from Kyle and this offense last week against Western Kentucky that has you hopeful about what's to come? Well, I would agree with Ryan Day when he referenced in a rhythm because they looked like they were in a rhythm last week. And they had a phenomenal second quarter in which we saw Kyle McCord throw touchdown passes of 75, 15, 14 yards. And then they had another explosive play on the ground from Travian Henderson of 40 yards. The weapons are a plenty. And I just feel like there's a sense of urgency with him now. He's confident. Seems like he's he, he knows he's entrenched as the guy. And, you know, listen, they're going to have to play their tail off because great weapons for, for Ohio State. But you know what on defense for Notre Dame? 15 PBUs, pass breakups, and they have done a really good job taking the ball away with five interceptions on the back, on the back end. Number one pass efficiency defense is Notre Dame. 
And one of the guys getting some of those PBUs, to your point, Tom, is a man by the name of Benjamin Morrison. He was on the all-freshman team last year. He'll be covering people like Emeka Buka and Marvin Harrison Jr. This Notre Dame defense is going to be the key to their success. Yes, I thought it was going to be Sam Hartman in the offense, but no, if you want to beat Ohio, Ohio State, you need to slow down not only their passing game, but also their running game. Notre Dame, they get after the quarterback. It's not necessarily the sack numbers, but the quarterback hits the hurries. You see Benjamin Morrison making plays on the football. He had two pick sixes against Clemson last year, two interceptions, one pick six. So my point is this. If Notre Dame wants to get over the hump, they will need to shut down, slow down, and stop the Ohio State offense. Make Kyle McCord look like he looked in week one, not like he looked last week. Well, they're going to have to do it because you see what this Notre Dame fighting Irish offense is able to do. They're going to have their hands full as well on that side of the ball. They've gotten off to their best points differential through the first four games of the season. Lugs, it all starts with their quarterback, Sam Hartman, who, of course, has a ton of experience, but this is his first time in a top 10 matchup like this. So what are you expecting from Hartman? To protect the football and be efficient. He has not turned the ball over through the air to this point. Now, obviously, the level of competition for both of these teams is going to be nowhere near what we're going to see from each team on Saturday. But when you make good decisions and you get the ball out of your hands and you have a really healthy run game behind uh, uh, Ostame, you have an opportunity to get the play-action game going, which is where the vertical shots have come from in this offense. He's been such a remarkably accurate deep ball thrower. So I think if he just does what he does, and that is find the right target, throw it accurately, don't put your team in jeopardy with negative plays or throwing it to the other team, he hasn't shown a penchant for doing that, then Notre Dame will, will stay on track, especially staying ahead of the chains. Yeah, such, such a great point talking about doing what he does. And the Ohio State defense, they're going to try and shut down or slow down what he does. And they have a, one of the top-ranked defenses this year. But remember, they were one of the best defenses last year until they met Michigan. And J.J. McCarthy had his coming out party. I'm hoping or I'm expecting this Notre Dame team to do what they've done all season, rely on the run, and then find ways to get open in the passing game just like this. This is a lot of missed tackles. You saw a lot of cover zero last year. No, it may not be the same cover zero like you saw last year. But Notre Dame's looking at this film and saying, what are ways that we can expose or exploit this defense? I think that's what we're going to do, relying on the run, but also airing it out. Yeah, and, and I'll tell you, Sam, I think Ryan Day hit the nail on the head. Who's going to win the trench warfare, right? And, and you look at Ohio State, and you look at some of their weapons along that defensive front seven, whether it's Steel Chambers, Tommy Eichenberg, um, you know, uh, LTT, uh, Tyleek Williams, uh, Jack Sawyer, all of those guys all came into the program right around the same time, and now they're two years older. This is going to be really interesting to see if they can somehow disrupt the Notre Dame run game, which would then take the play-action game out of the game plan for Notre Dame. A lot of guys two years older, but also a lot of those starters back. Ohio State had eight that returned this year. A big-time road matchup for them with the Irish. But it's not the only big-time road matchup that we have as we take a look at today's road test presented by Goodyear. Number four. Florida State traveling to Death Valley to take on Clemson. The Seminoles won in nine in their last ten games at Clemson, including losing the last seven straight. The Tigers, on the other hand, they've won 25 straight games at home against conference opponents. That's the longest active streak in FBS. Here's both head coaches on what's on the line. Everybody knows this is a big game. You got a team that's, you know, the last however many years, um, you know, has 
you know, Prince led the, the ACC and in, in how they've played and what they've done. Um, but, you know, I'm not sitting here just, just talking about Clemson. I mean, it's, it's about us. It's about how we play, what we're, what we're able to do and how we're able to execute. Um, you know, we know they're a talented football team. And it's going to be a great atmosphere. It's going to be a great game to be able to play in. We ain't worried about none of the ranking stuff. I mean, um, it, it really, I mean, again, we've, we've played three ball games. Um, you know, we lost our opener on the road, and they're undefeated. That's just where we are. They don't give trophies out after three games. I mean, uh, you got to play the season out. There's a lot of teams right now that are ranked that will not be ranked when the season's over. And there's several teams, probably not a lot, but there's several teams that aren't ranked right now that they're going to finish ranked when the season's over. It's a long season. Uh, so, you know, none of, that, none of that stuff matters. I definitely hear what he's saying. The rankings don't matter, but the results do. And Sam, this Clemson team definitely got a good result last week. They looked better on both sides of the ball. So for you, what's the confidence level about what we're going to see from Clemson in this one and, and where they could go? Yeah, I'm highly confident in what Clemson's going to do in this game. Why? Because we just heard from an experienced football coach, a coach who's been there and done that, a coach who wasn't phased by a few turnovers in week one from his quarterback, a coach who relies on his defense. This defense from Clemson last week did what they were supposed to do. They found ways to find the football. They found ways to get into the end zone from a defensive perspective, right? So now when you have a team that may be turning it over, a team where your quarterback isn't playing great, you find the end zone defensively, you slow down this Florida State offense, you exploit some of their weaknesses. Now all of a sudden this game that many people saw was a lopsided matchup becomes a lot more close. Yeah, and Sam, I think it's going to be really interesting because for the first time this season, Clemson got off to a fast start on offense. They needed to do that. They needed Cade Klubnick to play clean. You know, it's, it's alarming to see that Will Shipley has zero touchdowns this year. He had 15 a year ago, so they've got to get that part of it going. But the biggest improvement I saw this week from week one is wide receiver Tyler Brown. The freshman has come in and I think kind of fixed what has been an issue for them, and that is their inability to separate versus tight coverage. Caught two touchdowns last week. They might have a nice young weapon in there that they can utilize and give Cade Klubnick some bigger windows to throw into. He didn't have that against Duke. At times, he didn't have it each of the last two weeks. So really good for Clemson offensively to get off to a fast start like they did last week. And they're going to have to do it this week versus a much better football team on defense. It felt like it was kind of a coming out party for Tyler Brown last week, and he lived up to the hype on the other side of things. This time last week, Tom, we were talking about the Florida State-Boston College game that you were calling. I did not think I was going to be glued to the TV to the very end. What did you see from <laughs> Florida State? I, I know there were a lot of things and a lot of things that surrounded that game, but what was the one thing that stood out about Florida State on what they really need to pay attention to moving forward in this game? For me, it was their inability to run the football effectively and consistently with Trey Benson or Toad Feely, whoever they want to have in the game at the time, because so much of what they do comes off of that effective power run game. They are a huge counter team. They love the counter. And then against Southern Miss, they love the inside and outside zone. But pre predominantly, they're a counter team with play action coming off of it. So you can get Johnny Wilson involved. You can get Jaheim Bell involved. You can get Keon Coleman downfield. But without that element, it was really difficult through the air for Florida State to create a lot of the explosive plays that we saw in the second half versus LSU and obviously the entire game versus Southern Miss. So get Trey Benson going early is the recipe for success for Florida State. 
possibly a little bit of a wake-up call for Florida State last week as they survived that close one with Boston College. Going to be a great one in Death Valley this weekend. We've got more to get to here on College Football Live as all eyes turn out west. Can Oregon and Colorado's amazing start continue? And is Cam Rising ready to return? We break down the keys to the three ranked matchups in the Pac-12 this weekend. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. Getting engaged is a moment worth cherishing. A one-of-a-kind ring that you design at Blue Nile can help your love sparkle. Just choose your diamond and setting. When you've found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Finding the right engagement ring can be nerve-wracking. At Blue Nile, you'll have the expert guidance needed and a diamond guarantee that ensures you're getting the highest quality at the best price. Cherish all of life's moments and save up to 30% at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Welcome back into College Football Live. We've got two of the top games to kick off your week four college football Saturday on ABC and the ESPN app. Number four, Florida State is in Death Valley to take on Clemson at noon Eastern. Then Coach Prime and 19th ranked Colorado are in Eugene squaring off against Bo Nix and Oregon. It is Wednesday here on College Football Live, which means it is time for In the Know with Joe, sports betting analyst Joe Fortenbaugh with us now on College Football Live. And Joe, let's go through the big ones this weekend, starting with number four, Florida State, heading to Clemson this week. We just talked about it earlier with the guys. We saw the Seminole struggle against Boston College last week. Jordan Travis was a little banged up as well. What are you looking at in this game? I'm betting on points in this matchup. Give me the over of 55. I had it projected closer to 60. You got a Florida State offense that's averaging 47 points per game this season. But of course, this is a big step up in competition coming on the road against Clemson, who over the last two weeks seems to have figured out some of their issues on offense since that debacle against Duke. We want to look at two key factors in this game when betting the over. Number one, Clemson's running a play approximately every 24 seconds, which is fast. The more plays you run, the more opportunities you have to go down the field and score, or the more opportunities you have to go quickly three and out and give the ball back to Florida State. Number two, look at Florida State's defense. Two key issues. One, tackling. They've been missing a bunch of them this season. Number two, they're giving up a lot of big plays relative to the rest of college football. So between that and Clemson's speed on offense, those are some key factors we look for when betting on a lot of points. We're going to go over 55 in this matchup. Joe, I like it because Clemson's defense was also scoring some points last week as well. Another big matchup that we have, and that is in South Bend, Notre Dame, 6-1 outright against the spread as a home underdog in the last 10 seasons. Ohio State 0-4 against the spread in the last four games. As a road favorite, the Buckeyes are a three-point favorite in this one. So, Joe, are you taking the Buckeyes or are you taking the Irish? This is going to be a smaller wager for me. I do like Notre Dame plus the points. We saw some professional money show up on the Irish here in Las Vegas 
earlier this week. It was three and a half. It's now down to three. A lot of unknowns with Ohio State. Big test for quarterback Kyle McCord. We saw him on the road in week one at Indiana, but it's not like what he's going to face in South Bend against the Irish, who have hung 40-plus points in every game they've played this season. Again, big step up for them as well, but I'm projecting a lower-scoring game. And in a lower-scoring game, having those three points in my pocket I think will be extremely valuable. So give me the Irish here. All right, Joe, I like those answers so far, but this is what I've been really waiting to hear from you because you've been betting against Colorado all season long. You finally got it right last week with Colorado State because it was a close one. The Buffs this week, 21-point underdogs against Oregon. Are you finally done betting against Coach Prime? Yeah, no. I'm not willing to do it. (laughs) Quote Walter White from Breaking Bad, nothing stops this train. And I hate the fact that I'm going against Coach Prime every single week because I love the guy. It's the best story in college football. But I can't bet with my emotions. I have to bet with logic. And the prices here are too good to pass up, even though we've been on the wrong side of a couple games so far this season. 21 points. This is a huge step up for Colorado. On the road, coming off a war against Colorado State. Dan Lanning, remember, the head coach of Oregon, he's a defensive mind. He came up on that side of the ball. And with Bo Nix and that offense, going against a Colorado defense that's given up 30 points per game, I think it's going to be a long afternoon for Colorado. So, Hate to fade Coach Prime from a fun, lively standpoint, but I got to go logic over emotion. Give me Oregon minus the 21. Joe Fortenbaugh just giving this team a couple more receipts to keep up with. Joe, we appreciate it. Now let's get to this week's ultimate performance presented by BMW, and it is right where we left off with Joe. Colorado's double overtime victory against Colorado State. The Buffs became the, only the fourth team in FBS history to start a season 3-0 after losing 11 or more games the prior season. You take a look at what's coming your way this weekend and the Pac-12 with three AP-ranked matchups this weekend. Colorado travels to Oregon to face off with the Ducks. Washington State hosts Oregon State and will be competing in their first-ranked matchup since 2018. And UCLA will head to Utah, who has been virtually unbeatable at home in recent years. But let's stick with that Utah game and bring in Pete Thamel now. And Pete, the big question going into this one is Utah quarterback Cam Rising, who of course has missed the last three weeks with that ACL injury he suffered last year. What's the latest on his status for this game? Well, Kelsey, if there's one thing Cam Rising's injury struggles have taught us, it's that Kyle Whittingham loves a good mystery. Uh, He told the local media on Tuesday that Rising had a great day of practice. Uh, My sources told me that Rising has been rotating with the ones with backup Nate Johnson. And Whittingham said, we'll know Saturday on who's going to play. Uh, What's certain, Kelsey, is that Utah needs it. They have the nation's 114th ranked pass offense, just two TD passes. They need Rising's arm. Well, and a guy like him who had 26 passing touchdowns last year makes a big difference. We will continue to keep an eye on that. Pete, we appreciate it. Let's bring back in the guys and stick with that game and and talk about some of what we'll see from that matchup this weekend. And Sam Acho, I want to bring, actually, let's go to Luke's first. Luke's, we're going to break down these ranked matchups, starting with that Utah game. So, Luke's, give me the keys to this one. First for Utah, and I'm sure it depends a lot on Cam Rising. Uh, well, I think it does depend on Cam Rising, but with Nate Johnson, you've got a tremendous athlete. Now you've got to defend quarterback run if you're UCLA. But I think really the matchup for this game is going to come down to how does freshman quarterback at UCLA Dante Moore perform? He has been really good protecting the football. Seven touchdowns, just one turnover in the friendly confines of the Rose Bowl. That is not Rice Eccles Stadium. 
as good as he has looked and as good as UCLA's defense has looked, Utah defensively is legit. Can Dante Moore continue to create explosive plays while at the same time limit mistakes and not turn the ball over? So one thing to keep an eye on, and Lugs, I know a lot of America is going to have their eye on what happens in this Colorado game because they have grabbed America's attention, kept us up until like 3 in the morning on the East Coast last week. So this top 25 matchup with Oregon and Colorado, what's the key for Colorado in this one? How do you come up with some way of stopping the run, protecting the quarterback, and running the football? Listen, we can acknowledge how Colorado's exceeded expectations. They've taken the college football world by storm and still point out that this is problematic for Colorado in many areas. They've given up 15 sacks in three games. They have not rushed for more than 70 yards in a single game this year. And they've given up a ton of yards on the ground. We heard Joe talk about the points they're giving up on defense. Now you go on the road and you're playing a top 10 team with a quarterback on the other sideline and Bo Nix that can make plays. So my question is, how much more of this load can Shador Sanders carry? Because he has been nothing short of sensational every single step of the way. No Travis Hunter and not much of a run game to speak of. Very interested to see what more Shador Sanders could do for Colorado. This is going to be a tall task for him also for this defense as Oregon is averaging the second most yards in FBS with about or points rather with about 58 points per game. So they are scoring easily. Uh, let's look to our other game across the Pac-12 that is a ranked on ranked matchup. And that is what we're going to see from the two teams who don't have a home next year in the Pac-12. It's going to be interesting. It has been fun to watch them early in this season. Now you get to see Oregon State and Washington State go head-to-head. Tom, what are you looking at in this one? The the Pac-2 taking each other on. Um, I think this is one of the most (laughs) sneaky, underrated, great games of the weekend. I really do. But if you're Oregon State... DJ Uyunglele cannot play the way he played against San Diego State this past weekend. 14 of 30, two turnovers, able to continue to run the football effectively. He's had a touchdown on the ground in each game. But you're going on the road in Pullman against a team offensively led by Cameron Ward that can score points. This thing's going to be a straight tug of war. Um, This may be the best defensive team in the Pac-12 with Oregon State and Jonathan Smith's ball club can run the football. But if they hope to sneak out a win on the road, DJ Uyunglele is going to have to be the key, and he's going to have to play well. 7 o'clock on Saturday. That is just one of the great games that we are going to get to see between the Pac-12 teams. Also, take a look at this. First time in the history of the AP poll that there are three ranked conference matchups in the Pac-12 in a single week. Just the 10th time that any conference has had three ranked conference matchups in the same week. Want to take a minute to pay tribute to the winningest coach in the history of Dartmouth football, Eugene F. Buddy Tevens, has passed away. Tevens also played quarterback at Dartmouth, won five Ivy League championships in his tenure as the head coach, also helped make football safer by becoming the first coach to eliminate full contact practices. He died after complications from a March bicycle accident. Tevens was 66 years old. It's only a kick, a jump, a block, it's only a serve, it's only a tackle, a run, it's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Hey, 
it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Welcome back into College Football Live. You can probably expect a shakeup in the top 25 over after this weekend because we've got six AP-ranked matchups to highlight the Saturday slate. That's one shy of matching the most in a single day in the poll era. And, guys, there are going to be some fun players to watch in this game, these games that we'll see this weekend. So, Sam, give me somebody that you have your eye on. I have my eye, Kelsey, on Troy Franklin, receiver for Oregon. Oregon's put up huge numbers all season long. He's a huge reason from, for it. So him is a guy, he's a guy you need to watch along with Tez Johnson. Those are the two Oregon receivers. Sam, I'm going to go with the receiver as well in Ohio State's Marvin Harrison. With what we've talked about today with Notre Dame on defense, so effective on the back end with their secondary, can they contain not just Marvin Harrison but the group of Ohio State targets, but Marvin Harrison's the deep threat. It is going to be a fun week four in college football. I can't believe you guys didn't say somebody nobody's heard of. Shador Sanders? I mean, have we, have we talked about him yet on this show? We'll probably talk about him more tomorrow. We'll see you at 2 o'clock again for College Football Live. Reggie White, who's a defensive end for the Green Bay Packers, says that the firebombing of his church in Knoxville, Tennessee this week was the work of racists who may have been trying to hurt him. First there was one fire, then there was another, then there was another. It wasn't just Reggie's church that burnt down. Hundreds of churches burned in the 90s. I think we have a major problem in our country that we don't want to admit, and that has to do with racism. Was this 1996 or 1956? 30 for 30 podcast and Antsgate presents Through the Flames. Listen now wherever you get your podcasts.